Oh, okay, it's our, it's good. It's good. We wanted to get my reaction to this chai tea. Uh, I was going to try it right before we turned the mics on, but we're like, that's fucking gold. That Nobody else said that. I just said we should do that, and that's what we're doing. So welcome to What's Your Record, Episode 3. Episode revenge three. of the... I don't know. Nobody got revenge. Oh, revenge of of the Jake, because I should have won last time, but Grady did, so that's uh, his record. I see. Yeah, I Grady's win. record is 1-0. Oh. Well, you better not let Grady win again this week. Well, I... Don't worry. Remember that surprise? I, I, I told you I have a surprise for you. Oh, jeez. There's a lot oh, rolled God. into this shit. This is... Oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah. the surprise that you texted us both earlier. Yeah. Buckle buckle in. Grady asked uh, <laughs> if I had any holy water to cleanse his demon, and I didn't know what he meant by his demon, so I just... Yeah. There's only one demon. I guess so. It's yeah. not multiple demons, at least. Yeah. It's just a single... He asked just me to cleanse one. his single demon, which I guess is good... And bad, because I don't yeah. know. I've come to like him a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> see, this is not going the way I thought. So, anyway, I'm Jake Mazon. I'm sitting here with Tyler Penna and Mr. Grady Penna, who's sick. He's not feeling too well. I'm not sick. Well, then what's wrong with your voice? Why did uh, you say that you want... He wants to go first having, to get it out of the way. Just having a little bit of allergies today, I think. He's got those allergies. Did you take any Benadryl last night? Uh, I did not. Maybe did you take that's any your... Zyrtec? I, I did not take any allergy medication. Flow nase spray? Clear out no. your sinuses? No? Are we endorsing allergy medication? <laughs> no, I'm just asking, no, like, what did Grady do to try and, you know, make himself better for the podcast instead of just being like, let's get this shit done? <laughs> this episode I want to go is brought to you by okay. Flow nase. It kind of yeah. hit me, like, an hour before we started, so it's not really, like... You know. So you're gonna be okay. That was yeah, his I'm demon. Fine, Jake. I'm fine. You oh, that was the demon I had to cleanse. His allergies. No church will let me within. Guys, I, I sold my soul for Iron Maiden tickets, and I took a picture of myself throwing up the devil horns in front of a giant crucifix at my sister's confirmation. So I don't go back to that church anymore. So, anyway. Yeah. Yes. So. Uh, so what was the theme this week again? It was oh, records it had we to own, be, right? Yeah. On vinyl. We have to own the album on vinyl. Right, and again, I would like to point out that uh, my record collection is pretty big. It's a it's a pretty good size. I would say it's about a six rows thick. Uh, really nice. So I've owned all the records uh, that we picked so far. So, wow. Yeah. Look at you. You should make sure that you uh you buy music if you like it because it's we're hard out there. We're starting with me this week, right? Since I'm the only one who hasn't gone first yet. Correct. Is that true? Yeah. Ty- You're also Tyler the went one... first. The first time, right? Yep. And yes. then Jake, and then now me. Yeah. Episode and three. it also works, yeah, because you All won. Right. So I guess should that be a rule if you win? Oh, when it goes first? first yeah, we could do that. Sure. Yeah, okay. I'm down for All right. Well, Let's make it a rule. In order, or in honor of the new rule, Grady, what did you pick this week that you own on vinyl? Um. Yeah, so I don't own much on vinyl. I don't own a record player, so purchasing vinyl doesn't have much value to me at this point have you talked to our wow. sponsors over at crosley you know what uh, i yeah, reached I mean, out to them and i didn't get in contact with anyone so i'm working on that but we'll see we'll you see. didn't get oh their lawyers contacted me yeah we should not talk <laughs> about them anymore okay yeah well, let's not talk about uh anyway I'm but i'm glad they went straight to you for that yeah I mean, I, that they made, made the right decision there yeah they true. knew exactly who to go to true but anyway so um even though I have never owned a record player, I have lived with Tyler here, and he has owned a record player for a long time. Now, how long How long have you been living with Tyler? Well, I lived with him in San Francisco for four years, right? But you lived with him before that? Mm-hmm. or 
Well, we lived together when we were children. Oh, yeah. But he didn't own a record player until I think he was in okay. college. Yeah, I think, so. I, got, I think I got my first turntable freshman year of college. I think it was like a hand-me-down, uh, what was that, Realistic brand that was before Radio Shack brand? It was like Radio Shack's brand before Radio Shack. What's Radio Shack? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it really dates it. It was like a hand-me-down record player. Uh it was it was decent though. I think I put a new belt in it, put a new needle on it, and it it was fine. You're so handy, Tyler. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I never owned a record player, but my roommate in college did have a Crosley. Good for him. We, Which he one? knows what he's doing. I, I, I is it the one to, I'm thinking it is? I refuse to let him play my records on it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> even though I did not own a record player, people have given me records over the years because they knew that I lived in proximity to Tyler, <clears throat> Anthony. Mainly Anthony, yes. <laughs> he has given me a few records. Uh, and and then, he might still have some of your records at his house. Yeah, prob- I think he does. Yeah. And then you also gave me uh, one or two, I think, in the past. But the record that I picked is the only one that I think I've actually purchased myself. And that is uh, Ontario Gothic by Foxes in Fiction. Um, and actually, the story of how I purchased this is, is pretty funny and not too long. I went to one of their shows in San Francisco, um, and when I got to the show, they had their merch booth, so I went there first, and I bought the record, and I talked to uh, one of the guys from Orchid Tapes, which is the the guy who is in Fox and Fiction, uh, Warren Hildebrand, Hildebrand, I think it's Hildebrand. He runs uh, Orchid Tapes, which is a pretty small indie record label. It's mostly like indie pop, dream, dream pop, bedroom pop kind of stuff. Uh, but they have some actually really they have some really good artists on there that uh, that I enjoy. But anyway, so he's kind of the the head of that, and I bought the record at their merch table. And then shortly after that, um, I ended up getting kicked out of the the venue because oh, yes. my I went with my friend, and what? we were both under twenty one. Let me but... just say, Grady had the worst luck at venues and shows before <laughs> I, he was twenty one. Yeah, I have really bad luck with Deer Throne. We played a show one time that basically the dudes wouldn't even let him set up his gear in the venue because he wasn't 21 even though he was in a band that was playing i had to stand outside and in wait the rain until the exact moment the set started and then the i went up and it. then as soon well, as you're a over, regular uh, Stu sutcliffe over there it's a good thing the drummer of that band knew how to also set up a guitar rig but yeah i got <clears> caught i got kicked out of this show because uh we were both under 21 me and my friend and they gave me a hand stamp that said i was under 21 but for some reason, they did not give her one. We were right next to each other. We both had our IDs there. They just decided to not give her an under-21 stamp. So she was like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to get a beer. So she got a beer and asked me to Ooh. hold it hold uh, while beer. she went to the bathroom. So I was holding mm. the beer, and hold some dude beer. from the venue <laughs> came up and was like, you're not you're not 21. I can see you don't have uh you have the the hand stamp and I was like, "Well, I'm just holding this." And he was That's like, "No, mind. I'm holding it for a <laughs> yeah. friend." Yeah, I said you that. You should have said, "Well, like, bad on your venue, bro, for giving me a beer even know, though right? I had this big X on my hand." I know. It That's was, on you guys. Sorry. Dumb. So they were like, "Yeah, that's bullshit." And they just kicked me out. I tried to, you know, I talked to the manager. I was like, "Look, I'm not trying to like start shit here. I'm not trying to get wasted. I'm just trying to see these bands that I like." And they were just not having it, and they what literally just kicked this? us out of the show before the even any of the sets even started. Um, I think it was the independent, but I'm not Ooh. I'm not 100 percent sure. It was one of the medium sized ones, San Francisco, not very big. 
is either the Independent or the Fillmore. But the thing that those are both bigger, good right? venues, but I guess I've they're the very. It was the one. It was one near Geary. They're sticklers. Street. Oh, that's the Fillmore. So, yeah, the Fillmore I can't remember, but it, it wasn't that big. I, it was the only time I'd been there, though. Anyway, so that was the story of how I got the record. So even though I didn't get to actually see them perform, at least I went home with one of the first pressings of the record. Oh. Damn. Um, so that was, was the only signed? consolation. Uh, no, it's not signed. But I did get a signed poster from Owen Pallet, which was kind of random. Nice. Because um, he was at the show as well. He's on the record, too. And he he does play strings on the record. Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, so going to the record itself, um, this is the second full-length album from Foxes and Fiction. Uh, their first one was more like ambient, uh, less like structured pop songs and more just like kind of soundscapes and ambient textures and stuff he is very heavily influenced by uh deer hunter um orchid tapes is named after a deer hunter song i believe Hmm. so yeah so he's very influenced by by them how many Um, indie bands have an animal in the in their band i would say at least 80 percent god well no let's even get more specific and and uh let's pick deer I remember yeah, thinking that when you guys lot. told me that your name was Deer Throne, I'm like, you didn't run any of the other deer bands through your head, did you? There's like six of them. <laughs> no, that's part of how you get recognition. Come yeah. on, oh, because they on, think dude. you're the other one. Yeah, that's yeah. good. So um, they no, mistype it, and then they yeah. listen to yeah, our it's stuff. Like, they type in deer, and it's like, oh, what's this other band? Oh, what's this other band? Ten other bands. And then you're at the very bottom when they run out of all the other deer <laughs> well, bands. Well, see, we didn't realize like... <laughs> that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so this this record came out a couple years back. Um, I think like three or four years ago now. Um, uh, try 2014. 2014. Bro. Yeah, that, that sounds. Uh, it's like correct. three or four years ago. That's Math. like five years ago now. Uh, it's like a while ago. Um, but yeah, so I, I I got this record obviously right when it came out, um, and I I enjoyed it a lot. It's it's you know it's one of those records that has a very healing quality to it it's very soothing it's very relaxing you know it got some criticism because um people were you know some critics were saying like oh it doesn't really do anything like that daring or new but i think for the purpose of like what it's trying to do i think it does a really good well, job what, what do you think it's trying to do because i would i, I think would it's say trying to be my first preview would be i would agree with whatever critics that you saw that i from. i assume that you wouldn't really like this record Jake, i but, did not um I think it's trying to trying to be sort of this this healing voice and this kind of relaxing experience um, and kind of be this sort of mind body like I don't know experience. I, that sounds kind of lame, but it I sounds heard, like you put on a lot of CBD cream before you came <laughs> to talk. About I heard this. it was, or I heard it as more like a mesmer mesmerizing. I think it is mesmerizing. Quality. I mean, it you know it it definitely is. It falls in the dream pop category where it's you know it's it's similar to like you know beach house or something like that i was that. about to say that uh, what top of my notes beach house wannabes <laughs> right across the top i wouldn't there. say wannabes i don't think he's trying to do something that similar to where it's like just a rip off of beach house but well, they all kind of fall into the same thing they use you know they use a lot of reverb they use um you know typically use guitars very very often with a lot of uh analog delay and stuff like that but well, why um, don't we listen to it and I, see well what... i will say be- before we play the song um i do like um a couple things on this record but uh warren hildebrand i believe so his younger brother actually died um when he like three or four years before this record came out 
And so he, I believe he stated that he used this record sort of as like a, a healing process for him. Mm. So he made this sort of kind of to deal with the emotional fallout of that experience. So I think that's really interesting, and I think that that ties in a lot with kind of how this record is supposed it was to make like, you feel. It said recording from 2011 to 2014. Like, it was recorded over a long span of time. It took like a long time. I can countries. see that. Cause it like took a long time to record. the songs are, the way the songs differ from each other, it felt very, like, almost disconnected. Like, not like a cohesive album to me, but very, like... So each song was like chosen at a different time or written at a different time. Owen Powlett did the the strings the the strings on this album and he recorded those like years after mm. the rest of the 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 tracks were laid down. Yeah. So it felt like it came one of those way albums. later in a completely different place too. Um but yeah, so let's go ahead and play this the title track from the song which not necessarily my favorite, but I think it's a good example of kind of what the album sounds like and the general feel of it. So let's go ahead and play that up. Okay, so this is Ontario Gothic. So yeah, so that's the title track off of uh, off of this album. I think it gives a good taste of kind of what it's about, a lot of the sounds on it. Um, one of the things that, that I like about this record is that it kind of, it's very, the sounds are very soothing, they're very relaxing, but it doesn't feel like really small to me. Yeah, I think well, he adds a lot of textures to the album that really like fill in the negative spaces. That's what I, actually that was one of the things I wrote down about it is like, so it goes from small too big but Very not quickly. necessarily loud so it's yeah. like he's starting at these small but i don't even want to call them small it's more like tight sounds like very minimal sounds and then he's spreading them out and and it spreads out through like the stereo spectrum as well so like you'll start with a sound that's like very close very simple and kind of in the middle of the of the headphones or the middle of the stereo spectrum and then as the song builds it actually grows wider but it's not necessarily louder and they don't have these big drops or these like changes in volume dynamics it's more just like this like i imagine it as like water seeping out of something yeah and that's kind of yeah i think that's good and i think that 
that kind of is indicative of how the album like makes me feel it kind of feels like almost like you're sitting next to like a very calm river and there's just kind of like or you're sitting in it and it's like and it's like kind of rushing past you but it's not necessarily like overwhelming you yeah so i i like to listen to this record when i'm kind of like anxious or feeling kind of stressed out about something and it kind of just helps me get out of my head a little bit and just kind of like listen to it and get in a, a better frame of mind I guess. so the more extreme say... for me i put good background music to fall asleep to it yeah, also is good to fall asleep. So, do you think that you need to be in a mood to listen to this record? Uh, yes and no. I mean, like Jake said, you know, it is pretty good background music. If you want to just throw something on while you're doing other work, it works for that too. Yeah, I did that. Um, but if you want to listen to it carefully, I think you probably do need to be in kind of more of a specific mood. It's not just something that you can just put on whenever. Probably like ayahuasca or something <laughs> that stimulates um, your brain. But yeah. Um, I, I actually, it's interesting that this was kind of, I mean, I kind of had to pick this record because I don't, I can't even find any of my other records that I own um, on vinyl. So it was interesting that I picked this, but I was kind of glad that I got to pick it because it, I got to go back and listen to it more carefully again and sort of remember it. Um, and I think that- but hey, both of us hadn't, li- hadn't listened to it or heard it. Yeah. And so it worked for right? that purpose too. That's true. That's yeah. the first, but um, I think. Yes. For both of us? Yeah. No, I hadn't heard anything that- oh wait no wait what did grady pick the first week oh oh why can't i remember the with no vowels in it your no, first no vowel melda yeah yeah so i haven't heard any of grady's picks all the way but i guess this would be the first time that i that haven't either. for both of us yeah, yeah. so i i think thanks for that, playing by the rules finally appreciate yeah. it you i think that um warren is is very is a very talented person you know he mixes and masters all of his own stuff um, he does that for a lot of the artists on uh, Orchid Tapes as well. I think he's really talented. I think that this album is kind of a transition period, and I think I'm, I'm assuming his new album will be more expansive and kind of be more experimental, at least in what he's trying to accomplish. I what, think this album that is a little up? bit safe. Well, I don't know for certain, but um, I do know people. I have some of my friends from high school actually are like close friends with him. Hmm. Uh, so, um, they have listened to the, the, his entire new album already and said it was really good. Uh, what, you know, obviously didn't share details of like when it's coming out or anything because I, that's not said, but interesting. Yeah. But, um, I'm assuming it's coming out within this year or early next year. Cool. But, uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see where he goes, uh, what he decides to do because, I, I think that he has a lot of potential as uh, as a musician, and I think that his ideas are good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? That song was the one that you just played. The title track was probably my favorite off of it, and I also like the first one, March 2011. I thought that was the most like dynamic track in terms yeah. of like starting off like quiet one, and then building yeah. into something. But that one um, starts super minimal and then like. And then it opens yeah, big, it's a like, good, mesmerizing type. It's of a good deal. opener. Like it reminded me of the opener for the Awake but Still in Bed record that I played last time or yeah. whatever last mm-hmm. episode where it starts off with just Shannon guitar and builds into a big thing. But I don't know. Um, I made myself because I I really I really did not dig it. I listened to both <laughs> your guys' selections like three times each, like back a couple when we were supposed to do it, but then we didn't get down here last week, so I listened to it on Sunday, each one twice. Um, 
and fuck, it was hard to get through this one a second time. <laughs> like, and it's not that I don't even like, it's not like, not my thing or genre, but I just think, uh, like I said, the beach house thing or whatever, I thought it was too similar where I was kind of just like, oh, another one of these. There are some tracks that have like, like that one opens up with like a really cool, like analog sounding synth or whatever. And there was one mm-hmm. other one that had a cool, really intro synth line, but, um, it just seemed like it kind of did one thing yeah, over I and mean, over again. Like they followed, like you mentioned, like the first one wasn't as formulaic pop song and this one, it just felt like repeat, 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 like for each one, like it was just like one attitude, one tone, but like for me, not in a positive way where it's like, Oh, it's like cohesively, like thematically, like all mm-hmm. together. I was kind of just like, again, again. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's valid. I, but I, I mean, the one thing I will yeah. say that I like, cause I had to write one positive thing. I made myself do that. <laughs> um, I like the production and the engineering, like Tyler was saying, like how the sounds move around and they kind of expand. Uh, sometimes, like some of the reverb swelling could give me a headache, especially more with like the headphones or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of delays and. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was mixed pretty well, even though I wasn't. He's that a good into... yeah. He's a good audio engineer for sure. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean that's valid, Jake. I, I can understand that perspective. Um, for me, it's you know it's more about when I listen to it hearing the subtle differences between the songs and kind of the little tricks that he does like for instance in the song before the title track shadow song um he has like this guitar or like synth part that is um basically the exact synth part that starts out on ontario gothic but it's like warped and he like put a different like delay on it and he like reversed it or something he like added all these interesting things and then that forms like the structure of ontario gothic so I thought that was like kind of mm. interesting how he does these like little things with the the product the motifs. sound production yeah these little like, motifs yeah. that kind of carry through between songs. So Jake, yes. the real question is how does it stack up grammatically? Um, I don't think I don't think there are any issues uh, with this one. So I mean that was another plus that I could give Brady <laughs> on this, and I thought about that first when I was, win like, grammatically. Yes. Yeah, because I was just like thinking like oh fuck I don't like this record, and then I was like again trying to think positive. Yeah, but These what about was... the font though? Was the font choice okay? Uh, I don't think there's writing on the cover, and I didn't <laughs> like it enough to go look at any other album art. How about so can I just say, name? Can I just say I really like the uh, the album cover, the photo that's used. I think it's a really cool you can photo. say that. No one's gonna stop you from saying that. It's a cool photo. It's, it's a double exposure film photo, and it's like this wallet that they someone found on the ground, and someone holding it, and it has like these weird pictures, like. Of like uh, religious symbols or something. I don't know. It's yeah, an look it up photo. on the. I like on the, the colors on the well. playlist. Did you ask me what I thought about the ti- uh, the title, Tyler? Yes. Uh, Ontario Gothic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I didn't find anything very goth about it, and uh, I wrote the closest thing to being goth is that in the fields is like in the flat fields by Bauhaus, only not as good because it wasn't Bauhaus. I believe um, he's originally from Ontario, but I'm not California or Canada. No, Canada. Now there is in Ontario. In now they're based. Now they're based. In they had their own New airport, York, but now they're based in, based in New York City. But like looking at me, he's like, oh, why the fuck would I bring up Ontario, California? They <laughs> no have one their goes own to Ontario, fucking California. airport. You can fly into there. That makes it legit. Are Just you gonna like, fly into there in your whole life ever? Uh, if I needed to save money or end up somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? I don't have money for travel. I can't predict right. the future. Well, Tyler, did you have any final thoughts on this, or should we move on? Um, I mean. I liked I liked this record. It wasn't. It's not my favorite 
record. It's not my favorite record in this genre, um, but I think he does a good job. Like Jake pointed out, the production is really good. I liked the sounds, like the guitar tones and the effects that they used. I liked how it built, um, kind of like I was bringing up earlier, like it has this small to large, but not necessarily loud feel to it, which I really like. But yeah, it's it's a decent record. I, I could definitely get through it a few times over. I mean, I listened to it a few times throughout the last couple weeks, and it's pleasant. Um, there's no like huge standouts to me. My favorite tracks were the title track, and then I really like the last track, Alters. Alters like, is a standout. Yeah, I like that better sure. than the title track, personally. But I skipped um, that on my last re-listen today. I was like, I get it. I feel like Alters is like the one that's structured the most cohesively though for me yeah it's the most i would say it's the most pop structured song yeah in terms yeah. of like it has distinct choruses yeah which like is that. cool it's cool for that to happen on an album that doesn't have that for every track yes yeah. it's also a collaboration with um sam ray i believe who is in american pleasure club and um julia brown just another julia brown's a really good oh, band. who could forget ah who is. could forget that dude <laughs> yeah. julia brown's sick they're like super lo-fi um, oh it's not a single person it's not uh like it's mainly this the sam ray guy but he has other musicians that he it's like when you think judas priest is a person but it's not <laughs> it's not it's not a priest no it's not Damn. and david lee roth's name isn't van halen uh so they thought that too they'd be like Good hey, job Van. out there tonight, Van. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So who's next? I am next. Jake is next. Jake. All right. So I picked a record that I actually just recently got on vinyl that I was looking for for a while, and the last time I went to Amoeba at the beginning of March, I found it and I had to I had to throw down. I don't buy new records too often, like ones in the shrink wrap or whatever. You know, ones that like aren't used. Uh huh. But this one I sprung for it. It is tim by the replacements and who's i was tim uh you know what it doesn't yeah, who really go tim? into that i don't know who tim is i was gonna who, ask who that timmy? too no what's up with the, the what's name? up with timmy no idea but anyway uh yeah for the longest time or whatever like i would only see it like in the replacements box set which i didn't have money for and i really wanted this one and i found it and i got it and i love this record it is um i think the replacements are one of the best like american rock bands like out of the 80s that don't fall like into like the the glam hair metal thing that was going on out here and stuff like that um i just think that they really embody the spirit of rock and roll i love paul westerberg's lyrics and voice their guitar tones the guys would get so who did they play with at the time of this like at this time of the when this record came out i guess i shouldn't who did they play with yeah like who were some similar bands or like same people in the scene I'm not really I'm not really sure. Hmm. I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I just know um I know they toured a lot, but they're like notorious for like they're like not finishing their shows. Like they would get so fucked up that they would fight and just like mainly noodle around on cover songs and stuff. Like they have some oh live God. albums that are just them like fucking around on stage being blackout drunk. That's pretty and funny. This album, it's their first uh it was their first um major label release on Sire. So it, they definitely had a little more commercialism. I think in in store they got to play SNL for this. It's one of the first videos that I saw was uh, them on SNL playing "Kiss Me on the Bus." Nice. Um, and I think they were not welcome back to SNL after that for like being drunk and cussing <laughs> too and stuff. Yeah, too many exactly. Covers. Um, so to me, it reminded me of like television, the band, 
A little like bit, a, yeah. Like a New York Dolls. Some songs um, sounded curish to me. Yeah, See, definitely. See, that's the thing. They got a good. Sounding. They got a good balance, I think, to where like Paul Westerberg can write like really anthemic choruses that like maybe not be super personal, like tugging on your heartstrings, like Bastards of Young or Left of the Dial is like a really big song for like college radio. Those are my yeah. two like, favorite songs. Yeah, that's where but... indie radio is Left of the Dial when you actually had to turn the dial or whatever. But then there's songs like the last one, Here Comes a Regular, that's just like a I really like fucking yeah. sad song about being an alcoholic, being yeah. the only guy at the bar. That song reminded me of uh, of the Billy Joel song, Piano Man. Oh, but... No, not no, not like just because just thematically and they were just both in a bar please yeah. Tell me. okay yeah because because they're just both about bars so okay, i don't know why power we, don't, association. we don't we don't like that song here though <laughs> piano hey, man it's a famous song i like Everyone's the weird al spider-man parody. jake what what song are you playing from from this album? hold on a minute i got some more facts Wait, just did for they, a quick do they set. sound like the clash at all to you no, because I don't like the Clash. Oh, really? Yeah. To me, it gives like some Clash vibes of just like the way that they would build into certain riffs and like and go back and forth between like a chorus and then like a powerful riff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't like. I, they have a lot of guitar styles, like swinging party or whatever is super like got an Americana like vibe or whatever. And then hold my life, like the post-chorus little part has a nice little like. Sometimes they're cow punk like. Yeah. All kinds of cool shit. Uh, this record was produced by Tommy Ramone, uh, mm. whose real name is Tommy Iridelli or whatever, but I don't know how they got hooked up with him. And it's the last one that guitar player Bob Stinson was featured on before they kicked him out of the band for being too fucking drunk all the time. And he ended up dying of like cirrhosis of the liver like later Damn. down the line. Straight up alcohol. But like, and his brother, his younger brother was the bassist who like dropped out of high school to be in the band. And it's almost like dave mustaine getting kicked out of metallica when they're like dude you drink too much when like the band is known for being fucked up on stage and they have to go up to him and be like hey man like <laughs> you're drunk way too much like even for us Damn. um that's how yeah. you know right that's when you know and when you're <laughs> you little brothers in the band and he's just like yeah man you gotta go like you're fucking up yikes um oh no but yeah, Tim is definitely one of my favorite records. I got introduced to them through James giving me the first replacement record, which is really uh, they're more of a they're a punk band. Hey, that's how I got introduced. Yeah, to them Ma, too. sorry, Ma forgot to take out the trash or yeah. whatever, and uh, then I saw them. It's almost like when you hear the first Kings of Leon record, and then you listen to like Sex on Fire, you're like, holy shit, that's the same band. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah, they had like yeah. a punk oh. attitude, but the music wasn't definitely wasn't as like hardcore or well, whatever. Like t- to me, it's kind of like a similar trajectory of like the Buzzcocks to Magazine kind of deal of like but without becoming a different like yeah like within the same band with the but same kind of name. that era and i feel like that i don't know if it's really the era but just like the trajectory of well we're playing this like simpler punk music that's like a little harder but then we're gonna like transition to this like post-punk kind of thing i mean to me if i like compared it to a modern band i would think i would compare it to like a cloud nothings where like certain records they go Mm. for like a really harsh punk sound and then other ones are like oh we're gonna tone it back and like write some like poppy songs with an edge and then nobody likes that record and they're like oh we're gonna go back to being punk and (laughs) yeah album sounds really hollow like the last cloud nothings album like they return to the sound but it sounds like really dialed in like they're just no not dialed in phoned in where they're like is that life without sound or is that last building burning last building burning they're just like oh everybody said the last one was like too lyrical so we're gonna be punk again but it's just like yeah Yeah. but you don't really mean it Uh, they definitely (laughs) flip flop a lot yeah i feel like that band cloud nothings like for sure probably pulls influence from from the replacements as they should but uh the track i would like to play is the opening track 
Hold My Life. Uh, I listened to the shit out of this record in, when I was visiting Noah in New York. I remember riding around on the subway listening to this song. You listen to shit? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's Hold My Life. Obviously, like, I think that it sounds good, like, it's produced well, but it's, like, it's also, it's got a certain sense of looseness. Like, they're obviously, like, not as fucked up as they would be, like, playing a show, but the way he sings, like, the guitar playing, the way, like, some of the bass, but, like, it's, it's, they're not being, like, everything has to be, like, perfect or whatever because we're in the studio i feel like it translates like i said obviously they're not gonna be as fucked up as they were when they played live but yeah they weren't like trying to hide the fact where like if you were to go see them being like wow they sound totally different i'd be like no he could be a little drunk during that vocal take like it doesn't sound like he knows all the words but i don't know I I, i really dig them yeah i like the production on this too like it has this like clean bass and drum sound but then his voice is so it's like that perfect edge of just like it's not quite screaming or singing but it's like this like it's like in he between. gargled yeah. nails and he for also, breakfast without any milk but he knows how to write a catchy melody when he needs to which yeah is, which I, is what i like and I he like can that. sing i mean there's yeah. no question like he's hitting melodic phrases very well but it's just that nice tone that he has like to his voice but i also think that that track is really good because of the lyrics yeah. like i picked that as my favorite lyric track on the album uh i just really like that theme of i mean i like the chorus like the the whole my life until uh, i'm ready until to i'm ready to use, use it. it yeah, yeah no, i fucking so, love that it's so cool i mean that one is catchy too but i think lyrically it's a standout I yeah mean, i one one thing i liked about a lot of the the songs on this record is they grab your attention immediately and then keep it for the whole song like yeah they start off like really fast and like like in your face sometimes yeah and they don't like let up on that like they'll have parts that are you know quieter like a more a little more restrained but like they don't linger on that they'll, they'll get back into like being very interesting so it made listening to it like it didn't feel like a slog to get through yeah it i felt like... like very energetic you know very very upbeat and it's a good or, balance of like i said like serious like lyrical content songs where just like oh shit that hit me and then there's songs like waitress in the sky or yeah. like down like a clown that like are obviously like a little more fun like probably like just rock and roll you're not supposed to look too deep into okay. it but then and it, and it takes you through like the the emotions or the the feelings like the ups and downs because each track 
there's it's not like one tone throughout the whole thing of like oh we're like playing punk music the whole time and it's just like consistent it goes through like the waves the ups and downs and really takes you on that like journey of like oh this is more serious or this is a little more lighthearted. this is fast and hard this is slower can i just say though i did not like lay it down clown at all <laughs> there were a couple songs on this album that i just really did what not vibe with at all like? i'm trying to think um i'd have to look at a list of them but there were a couple lay it down clown was the, the main one that i can think of that i just strictly did not vibe with yeah at it's all. not my favorite either. it was i was just yeah. like what and it came it doesn't that come right after uh bastards, bastards of the young yeah. it was like bastard the young was my favorite and then that one was my least favorite and then the one after that is uh turn the dial left of the dial. left of the dial which i also really like that was probably my second favorite song on the album yeah. yeah so it was like these two great songs and then a terrible song in between that i was like what the? and it made it seem even more worse because of how good the two surrounding ones were yeah you can't win them all but other than that like because i would say it's definitely like the standout for being like oh, okay i could kind of skip this one or whatever but like it the rest of it there's a line in bastards of young i'm probably going to get it wrong but it's um it's like the the ones we love the or the ones who love us least are the ones we'll die to please. Mm. Like I I don't know that song's really fucking good. Yeah, it's it was super like that. Yeah, Bastards the of the Young is been, my other favorite. That chorus has been like stuck in my head. Da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. I actually had Waitress line. in the Sky stuck in my head the, or the riff from it. You ain't not like it's it's silly and like, <laughs> like I don't know like in the sky. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, but, this is yeah. a this is a good record. You know, I'm not super keen on like this era of rock. Yeah, but I, I did like this. I think I liked this record more than your last pick. Okay, just because I felt like it was more consistently engaging for me. But well, I that think means that it part must of it, win then, right? Well, part of part of it was <laughs> because the other record you had on Spotify was like the extended version, and like once it got to that part of the extended oh I was you like, meant the stranglers so one not yeah. awake but not awake oh, but oh sorry go. sorry yeah, I, I thought you were talking about awake but so i like i thought you liked that well yeah, i, I meant like, they wow. fucking listened to us no, no, no. and reached I like, out like, i meant more than that i meant um the, the, the last album you picked from the 80s that was rock oh the stranglers oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry that was probably confusing yeah. but i i did really like the awake but still in bed i probably like that a little more than this like yeah just from a personal taste but i can For see sure. why this album was obviously like a lot more influential and whatnot this i was gonna pick the week before and then i decided to swap out for awake but yeah, still sorry, yeah i saw this yeah. i saw this like come on the playlist for a hot minute and then got taken off yeah or replaced i actually really like this record i think i really like this genre or this era i mean like i said like to me it reminds me of like new york dolls or television and like those bands are some of my favorites i mean i basically learned how to drum listening to new york dolls and television is super influential on my guitar playing and singing so it's like i also this... watch a lot of television <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean this this genre this band it's just like a, a safe place for me of like listening it's like you can't really go wrong you could, i don't know, listen I, to let it be too there i think that's the record before this one or the one before that but yeah they're all they're all good yeah i wish i would have caught them on their reunion because i've watched some footage and they i forget who they got to replace bob obviously because bob's dead uh but they Rip. they sounded good but they're i think they're I think they said, like, they made a shit ton of money probably doing it or whatever, but they're just like, yeah, we don't really like each other and don't want to do that or mm. whatever. As uh, happens to a lot of bands. Morrissey, if you're listening, just throw in the towel now. <laughs> Call Johnny and apologize. <laughs> he wants the money, too, 
and uh, you heard yeah, it seriously. here first, folks. All right, uh, we get on we get on that. Th- Grady, yeah. you hadn't heard that before, right? I had not heard that album before. Yeah. I think right. I actually, Tyler, on our old iMac that we used to have, uh-huh. I think you had a replacements album. It was probably on, the one yeah, on your first, iTunes. Yeah. It was the first one that James yeah. showed me. I think I listened to that a little bit, but I don't remember it sounding like this record. No, no it doesn't. It no. doesn't at all. I mean, the, I've definitely listened to that record more than Tim, but uh, I've listened to Tim a couple times, but it was nice to rediscover it because it's, I don't put this kind of music on all the time, but when I do, it's it's pretty exciting and I'm like, oh, damn, I got to listen to this shit more. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tyler, what was your pick? All right. So my pick was probably the most out of the ordinary for this group, uh, <laughs> yeah. but not for me. So I basically forced the boys here to listen to some some good old blues, uh, which was this record I had been searching for on vinyl for a super long time, um, probably since I was a freshman in college for like three, four years. I was like going to every time I'd go to the record store, I would look for this and I could not find it. And then I walked into Amoeba in San Francisco one day and it was sitting there. It was brand new and it was only like 16 bucks or something. So I snagged it. Yeah, I was stoked. I found a lot of good records in that Amoeba in San Francisco. but And a lot of homeless people outside offering you some sweet tree. Oh, yeah, so many. Right outside the McDonald's, dude. That's where you're going to go get your your sweet pre-rolls. Remember when you walked to that Amoeba from our house? I did. We went to breakfast. 50 blocks. Who did? Who did? It was me, Max, and Alex. We went. We heard Arcade Fire was rehearsing for Outside Lands in the park. We couldn't see them, but they played all the neighborhoods when nice. we walked through the park. But yes, yeah. walk there. It's a good place to join a drum circle uh, if you're oh, feeling boy. up to it. And uh, oh, yeah. I think we traded some. Uh, uh, one time we traded some cigarettes for beers. This guy was walking around with a box that wasn't a box of beer, but there were beer inside it. He just wanted some of uh, some cigarettes. Well. On that note, anyway, Amoeba, San Francisco yeah. is where you bought. So yeah, so I bought I bought this album. So the pick is Eric Clapton uh, is featured on it, and it's John Mayall and the Blues Breakers with Eric Clapton. So it's kind of the name is a little bit weird. It's sometimes called the Blues Breakers is the name of the record, and sometimes it's called the Blues Breakers with Eric Clapton, the Blues Breakers featuring Eric Clapton. So basically, they really want to make it clear that Eric or Clapton's I on read the album. it's called the Beano record because Clapton is reading a Beano comic, which is apparently a child's comic in England, on the cover. Yeah, because that, he said that uh, he didn't want to cooperate with the photographer, so the best way he could think of was holding a comic book, hey, but still kind of looking at the camera. Hey, like, uh, you know why Eric Clapton closes his eyes during all of his uh, guitar solos, right? Why? Because his fans, his are, fans so are so ugly. damn ugly. <laughs> What the Yikes. fuck is that? <laughs> that's that's an old joke. That was from um, the when we saw Tim and Eric live. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. The burger guy. What's his name? Oh, uh, Neil Hamburger. Neil, Neil Hamburger. Oh, that was yeah. one of his jokes. Dude. Yeah, okay, that was say one no of his more. Jokes. Yeah, but if you would have done it in the voice, and then you would. My my friend Tom was wearing an Eric Clapton shirt at the time, and it was a picture of Eric Clapton with his <laughs> eyes closed eyes. playing guitar. Oh, I used to. Oh, he's Neil Hamburger's got a really fucked up Eric Clapton joke. <laughs> You want to hear it? No, we don't. No, come on, come on. No. Why did Eric Clapton switch to Apple products? Why? Well, he had had troubles with Windows in the past. (laughs) 
What does that mean? His son fell out a window and oh, died. God. Oh, God. That's not funny. That is a Neil that's Hamburger. That's Neil, Neil Hamburger. hamburger and then he goes, oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. That's classic hamburger. Classic. Uh. All right. Anyway. So, yeah. So, this, so this record came out in 1966, uh, and it was at an interesting point in Clapton's career. So he started with this band called the Roosters and then Casey Jones and the Engineers and then famously the Yardbirds. And then he left the Yardbirds to do John Mayall's Bluesbreakers group. And it was at a time where the Yardbirds were like blowing up. So people were like, why are you leaving the Yardbirds? That seems like a really dumb decision. But I mean, turns out he became like one of the most notable blues guitar players in the world after that. Uh, still today, but yeah. So he he left John Mayall's Blues Breakers to start Cream after seeing, I think it was Buddy Guy or some some blues guitarist that was like a trio, and he's like, oh, I want to be in a trio now. Yeah, I only know him from Cream. That's the only didn't Jack I have Bruce also. Put, that's all the Clapton you know. Well, and like his yeah, solo so, stuff. So oh, this okay. so this band had John Mayall's Blues Breakers had over a hundred rotating members at any given time or not at any given time but over the course of time had rotated about a hundred different members so uh they they had people like jack bruce which is later part of cream like jake was just saying peter green mick fleetwood fleet of fleetwood mac uh john mcvee who would form fleetwood mac with uh, Mick Fleetwood, Mick Taylor of the Rolling Stones, who would form Mick Taylor, um, Ansley Dunbar, Frank Zappa. I mean, just Zappa tons was a, of people. Zappa wasn't in the band. You mean no, no, no. Dunbar played Dunbar with Zappa. of the Frank Zappa yeah. and the Mothers of Invention, and a shit ton of. Well, I'll talk about that. That was a second. lot of names yeah. of which I only knew about three. I mean, they're like big, just notable musicians, especially like a few really big English musicians. Obviously, so, Frank Zappa is very big. That's the other funny thing is that, so if you go into, you know, Wikipedia or whatever, if you're researching John Mayall or Eric Clapton, they all have this like three letter abbreviation after their name, C-B-E-O-B-E. So that's the British Empire. Order of the British Empire. Yeah, Order of the British Empire where you get knighted and stuff like, you know, Elton John, I'm sure everyone knows, whatever. But I I thought it was interesting, the ranks. So Eric is, Eric Clapton is a C-B-E. So he's the commander level, but John Mayall is only the officer level. Mm. So clearly Clapton kind of surpassed John Mayall. The I don't know. I don't know what that it all means, got, The only thing that gives me, and we'll get into this because uh, this is part of part of the surprise. I also did not like this record, and it's not because I don't like the blues, and I like dig and respect Clapton. But I think like one of the only good things about this record is that like it's featuring Eric Clapton. And if you wouldn't have put his name on it, like I wouldn't even consider it like his most notable shit would be like, Oh shit, that's Eric Clapton. I thought I was like kind of underwhelmed by what he was doing. All right. Well, before we all get into it, we should listen to a little bit of it, I think. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So this is, uh, the first track on the record called all your love. All of my love. Not that one. That's not that one. Nope. Not that one. All right. Here it is. I 
Hey, I, I like that song. This song. Yeah, so, okay, so let's get into it. So, Jake hates it. Grady, what do you think of it? Well, um, I guess I'll just go I, first of all, off over here. I was surprised that it was a blues album. I, I don't, even though it was called Blues Breaker, I, I, I just thought it'd be more of like a classic rock album. Um, well, that was foolish with, blue, with blues elements in it, but it was like pretty much all blues tracks just through and through. Um, I think... I did like it, um, for the most part. Uh, I I liked how the, all the guitars sounded, how the drums sound, the very like live feeling of it. Yeah. Um, I think that song, all all of your love, all of my love. What what is it called? See, yeah. I fucked you up now. Mission accomplished. All your love. All your love. I think that was my favorite track as well. Um, and it's the first track, so it started off strong, and I was like, oh yeah, I could vibe with this. Um, some of the rests of the songs just were just like not as interesting to me. They felt like kind of just like standard jazz, or jazz blues songs to me. Well, that's because a lot of them are blues redone. standards. Yeah, they were just like blues <laughs> yeah, standards were kind of just being redone, but not really in like a that new or interesting way. Um, and I think that it all felt kind of one note to me a little bit. Hmm. Like all the songs were kind of just like the same recording quality, the same style, the same, you know, same blues standard songs um and obviously you know this was in the 60s like you know they're not going to do a bunch of crazy yeah, production shit they're kind of they probably just went 66. into a studio and were like all right let's get this pump this out and do it but um but yeah I, I think that this record is even more so than i've said before something that i could only listen to at very specific times and i'm like i want to listen to blues right now like when you're and sitting that on your porch is pretty rare nice I, yeah. I like that i first picked the extended version which has all the tracks and in grady mono, was like, and then all the tracks that. in stereo and grady texted me like are you kidding me how long is this fucking record <laughs> and then i removed all the mono tracks and just left the stereo so it was half the length but yeah i mean okay so i think your criticism makes sense um but i'm gonna have to disagree with all of it uh personally it's good I, there's good playing on it. the musicianship so, is there yeah so here's the thing i will so, concede that fact that these guys know how to play the instruments that are in their hands <laughs> well so here's the thing this record first of all a lot of it's improvised and a lot of the improvisation was because of clapton being in the group so he kind of influenced that improvisational element to it now i don't know what that means as far as how they recorded it i don't know how improvised these takes were but i i read into this as like these guys were sitting in a room together playing this stuff live and it was not really written out so given that i think you have to listen to it with a little bit of a different ear because you're not looking for a record that has a theme that has you know the right like but how much of it had to be written out if they were playing songs that already existed like they already know them yeah but that's the thing about blues and jazz is that you're you're playing traditional songs or standards and 
you're putting your own spin on it and your own spin is not necessarily the structure of the song a lot of times the structures of those songs remain very constant so can i just the say chord I, changes are the same the yeah, structure but what you're doing is you're putting your improvisational spin your tone your interpretation of the melodies that's the spin you're putting on so it's a really subtle thing personally i'd rather listen to jazz than this and like in jazz standards being done because to me jazz standards like even when they're done if they're done by really well like really good musicians it's all about like their solos and like their style when they come and play them and i think it's it's much more a little more distinct than than this yeah i mean so the reason i like this album is because for a blues record it's not straightforward to me and i know you guys are kind of saying like oh grady was saying it's like it all kind of blends together I totally disagree. Like for me, there's definitely standouts and definitely tracks that are doing something totally unique with the blues. I mean, the track uh, where John Mayall plays harmonica as the main instrument and it's just harmonica and then bass drums and his voice. The track is Another Man and I said, honestly, this is the most unique track that has any sense of original feel. Well, like, I, think, I thought that that was interesting. It's like, oh, so, that's fucking Well, he does cool. it on, like, on Parchment Farm too. And I mean, both of those tracks, it's like, to me, that shows his talent as a multi-instrumentalist because he's singing, he's playing harmonica, he's playing multiple instruments on this album, and the way that he's showcasing those is like really raw and really isolated, which is super vulnerable to do. But I think his talent is kind of uh, overshadowed by Clapton being on the album, and everyone listens to this album as like, oh, this is clapton's first record where he sings on and like his it's the first time you hear his voice on a record and he's doing all these unique guitar things and his his like improvement as a guitar player from the yardbirds to this is it him singing huge. on every song no he just john mayall john mayall sings on every song except one um ramblin man Ram, yeah ramblin yeah. no ramblin okay. on ramblin'. my mind yeah that uh which Lord is i was born see i also wish that was ramblin man instead of which i think <laughs> is a robert johnson song originally the Almond Brothers. <laughs> Almond no, but, Brothers? Yeah. The all the Mark and David Almond. Yeah. Heir to the Almond Milk. The Almond yeah, heir to the Almond <laughs> The yeah. Blue Diamond <laughs> Almond Milk. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, so I think if you if you do listen to a lot of blues or a lot of jazz, this is actually like a breath of fresh air in that genre because it's not so standard to what they what a, a lot of blues records do. Um, like to me when I hear a blues record, it's a lot of times like one guy with a guitar and singing and he's just playing the head or playing the, the first part of the song and then soloing for like minutes and minutes and minutes and his backing band does almost nothing. Like yeah, every song is just kind of the same bass line, the same drum beat. And this is so different than that to me. Like this has weird tracks like with just harmonicas on them. And it's got it, one track with just harmonica. Two. There's another one that's just harmonica. Well, no, but it's mainly mm-hmm. harmonica. Okay, well, I mean, I'll have to re-listen to it. I I think there's two that are basically the harmonica is the main front front running instrument. But, um, I mean, so to me, it's like a difference in this is not just one guy playing the blues. Like this is a collaborative effort. This is multi multiple instruments coming together and showcasing themselves. But it is just one guy playing the instruments for the most part. Like, Mayall plays a shit ton of stuff, McVee's on bass. Yeah. Then whoever the drummer is for this one, because... At first, okay, because, same thing, I listened to this record three times. I did not like it. 
What? what? I want to hear your, because you I seem did, very opinionated about it. I, I am. It's just like, it's so, and the only thing that I'll put, if I were to put an asterisk about anything that I'm about to say is that what Tyler is saying, like, he's definitely got more of an ear for some of the subtleties and, like, the finer mechanics of the blues. But if you don't have that, Less I think this is just, you. like, really generic white guy blues. Uh, my quip for this one is so generic. This could be John Mayer for all I know. <laughs> wow! Um, wow! But Clever. We yeah, need to hire yeah. like um, one of those symbol uh, hi hat guys. We just need a soundboard, sound sound yeah. like some pads. We're but, apparently that's what we're devolving into. This, see, this because there was there's, okay. So there's like one track that has like a drum solo where the dude like gets a show off or whatever. Like okay, he's kind of like breaking free, which. When I was going through the main Wikipedia page for the band, I was stoked to see Dunbar's name on there, or Dunbar, but then I looked that he didn't play on this album, because I was like, dude, this guy played on, like, Zappa's Waka Jawaka and the Grand Wazoo, which are two that I own, because I like Zappa's instrumental stuff. He played on fucking Diamond Dogs with Bowie, he's on Berlin with Lou Reed, but then I looked, and he's not the drummer on this one. Right. And it's like, yeah, John McVie's on it, I don't really like Fleetwood Mac, so it's like, whatever. Uh, I think he also played, uh, at some point, who's the dude that I wrote down? Um, oh, Dunsmore played on Journey's Infinity, which has Wheel in the Sky, which is <laughs> the best Journey song of all time. Fight me. Um, I, I won't fight you. I don't think But Journey's I think, obviously, so there's, like you were saying, a lot of males playing gets overshadowed by Clapton, um, which is, I think... Not that he wanted the playing to get overshadowed by Clapton, but there's a reason why they put Clapton's name on the fucking album cover, because that was going to be the one key point that being like, oh, this shredding guitarist is going to be on it. Because, again, to me, and this might just me not picking up the subtleties, like, all the instruments that uh, Male is playing, like... I didn't think they were that interesting or that ambitious or that different, but again, I don't know, like, the subtleties of, like, what he's doing, I guess. But I read that, like, Rolling Stone put this record on, it's, like, number 195 on the top 500 records of all time. Uh, it was, like, the first time Clapton used his, like, gold top Les Paul, like, yeah. through a certain, through a Marshall Blues something amp. It's some kind of Marshall amp, like, that was supposed to be, like, whoa, that's a crazy-ass combo or whatever. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's just, to me, like, why is this better or different than, like, listening to, like, Bo Diddley or Howlin' Wolf? Or, like, I mean, some of the people not, that wrote the original ones or whatever? Cause, it's like, definitely not better in any sense. It's just, it's different. It really is. I mean... To me, it's just, it's lacking, especially in the vocals, like, lacking the emotion. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't ever really wail or, like, mm -hmm. a lot of the whoa or whatever. Like, he's excited oh. to be there. Like, it definitely seems like a stone group of dudes in the room who, like, they're tight. And just like I said with the replacements, and that's the reason why I had this phrase in my head because I was going to use it for this. I wouldn't say that they're dialed in, even though you know, like, they're good at their... Like, it seems kind of phoned in. Like, we know these songs... I know some of them are originals, but, like, let's just write songs that sound like blues standards, and it's basically, like, a blues band plus Eric Clapton noodling on the top. Um, that Again, that's just me, and, like, I'm a Clapton, I'm a Clapton fan. Like, I yeah. recognize, like, the dude, and this is what he does. Like, this is what he does, especially now that he's older. If you go see him, it's going to be shit like this. Like, he's going to play Layla like this. He, like, doesn't play fast anymore. The dude's fucking old. But, well, I think um, that's what what you're saying though does make it unique in the blues genre. Is like it's not a singer that's over the top wailing. Like it's a little more laid back. It's a little more improvised, casual. And I mean, 
John Mayall, like, he's a piano player, so, like, he's, you know, he's playing the Hammond and the piano, and he's not really, like, that stereotypical frontman blues singer-guitar player. And Eric Clapton's not either on this record because he's, like, playing just guitar, and he's, like, holding back a little bit, and, and he's really, like, honing in on his tone and his ideas. I think this album is, like, a big stepping stone for Clapton, but it's also a good period for the John Mayall group. Well, he definitely Fair doesn't enough. play like that reserved. Like, if this dude, if John Mayall was, like, screaming or wailing or whatever, I'm sure Clapton would be paying more aggressively. Like, so there's no doubt that he's, like, matching yeah. the vibe that's being put out because Mayall's in charge of the arrangements yeah. and, you know, the vibe of, of everything else. But I guess the way I was looking at it, especially when I saw how many accolades that it had or whatever, it's, like, to me, it's almost like... You know, like, the, the Ramones were super important for punk and it was punk at the time like when it came out but now looking back with everything that's come out like after it it's like it's kind of tame yeah and that's how i look at this or whatever like at the time i'm sure everybody was like oh shit but then like looking back on it you're just like oh okay you know Mm -hmm. this is what at least for me yeah i mean i think it's also like a pivotal point in clapton's career and a pivotal point in the john mayall group and and just it just represents like an interesting change in time of what was happening with blues like in the mid 60s and this is kind of like a quintessential part of that but anyway i looked up the drummer by the way it's huey flint yeah uh how many david bowie records did he play on (laughs) zero probably zappa all right well yeah i don't think you guys are gonna come to a a consensus no no it's not supposed it's not supposed to yeah yeah that's kind of why i picked it is i knew neither of these guys had here had heard it so that's that's one which jake always gives me shit for picking stuff that he's heard so props you tell us the first time you picked a record that i have not heard yeah yeah. it's mainly about breaking you two up (laughs) hey yeah i mean we did good you know a good job this week on that front yeah so Yes. So there's that. Um, so what's our theme for next week? Well, wait, 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 wait. wait. There's well, a couple things that have record. to. Yeah, there's a couple things that have also, to. Also, we have Jake's oh. surprise, whatever the hell. Yeah, that yeah. Is. yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna surprise. propose this so we stay on track. This might be a little bit longer, but okay. So we need to vote on the record so we can keep a record going. Right. Yes. Number two, then I say we sandwich my surprise in there. I don't think I'm gonna win this week. All right, and then number three, we'll pick a theme because we'll see how we're feeling after my surprise. Okay. So yes. let's let's all vote. Okay. Um, if I had to pick, and I was like, I was adamant about this. Like, honestly, oh right now, I'll see if I can. Run the, I want to abstain. Like, I can say, like, I really did not like both of these records, and I listened abstain. to them three times. Hey, like, you I can't was, pick your own. Well, I'm not gonna pick. I won't vote. Like, that, I wanted to not vote. You have to because vote. I didn't want to give. The, it's your right as an American citizen not to vote. To vote? <laughs> well, then it's gonna be. Um, but that means I only need one vote to win. We'll see. Yeah. Well, then I don't. I don't want that. Um, yeah, if you do that, then I literally just get to pick. See, who that's the how is, democracy right? works. Wait, no, Jake. why? If you don't why would vote? You get to then pick the, the other guy only needs one vote. vote to win, dude. Just vote, Jake. Just pick oh, one. I can't. What is your gut? It's the say? importance of voting, guys. I would pick Grady's record. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna win, but that's. I guess that's fine. Okay, should I should I go now? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll pick Jake's record. I, I think that I vibed with it a bit more than, than Tyler's. But I'm, I'm glad I, that I you didn't liked hate it. your record, Tyler. I'm not in Jake's position where I'm like, oh, I would never pick that. Hate one. is a hey, strong hey, word. I, like... I'll vote Jake's record too. Fuck yeah! Wow. <laughs> All right, sorry. You're gonna have to edit the volume on that, but I'm just ecstatic. But also, uh, in the back of my head, I know we're not supposed to have expectations. I was like, if I fucking lose to these two records this week, I'm gonna be so mad. But the funny thing is that 
honestly, I'd pick my own record every week if I could. Well, no shit. Duh. <laughs> but That's no, I mean, statement. I I definitely like Tim. The the record. You know, personally, is a good I one. think that my taste is the best. No, I just I think said it's that like, on the first episode. No, I just think I'd... it's funny because it's like so far that would have happened, but I feel like that might not happen sometimes. Like if you it might guys not. pick That's true. a really good record that I've never heard, I might pick that over one that I know and love. Like oh, just wait why not? We listen to the first I think this, record. I think I just this was an actually, option for me to do that because I mean like I, the I Jamila like Woods record. record, that one probably I would have picked over my own pick that week. Really? Wow. Yeah. See, like that could have happened to me for this week. I think if you guys had picked something that was more my speed, I could very well have been like, "Oh, I like this record more than the one I picked." Because I do like the Fox and Fiction album a lot, but it's not something that I'm like obsessed with listening to every day or anything. Uh, well, see, I could listen. I, I could see you listening to this every day while you take videos of your cats for Instagram playing in your blankets. Like this is your. This I mean, is your dream. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dislike that honestly I so. yeah I, I you know i'd probably like it more if the cats were attached like as a visual Aww. to the audio but i think it'd be interesting to see if we were allowed to pick our own if we would if it every week just be like oh one vote for each or if it we would change it up and well you can always say when it happens i would have picked this record over my own yeah you totally. can just make that clear when you're yeah picking, so, so that's that's fair all right jake what's your fucking surprise all right so here here's the thing um like I said, I was disappointed with the records that I had to listen to, but I, I trucked on. I listened, I don't know how many times you listened to each of the records, but I listened to each record three times. The first time that I listened, like the first two listens were like back to back. Cause I was like, Oh fuck. Like I got to find something to say about these records. Um, but it, it like ruined me cooking my corned beef that day. I was like, Oh man, I don't want to listen to Grady's record. It's going to like spoil the beef. It ruined my like, corn. Like, wow. Yeah. The vibes is going to seep into the crock pot. The so I would say this isn't the first time that Grady, has disappointed me. Oh. Our relationship with Grady, if you don't know this, his tagline with me, besides me calling him Young Grady, uh, is the son I never wanted. I raised oh. Grady because nobody else would do it. And I think I've made him the man he is today by showing him not what to do. By him watching my life and him going like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And now we have Grady sitting there. But I will say this is probably the first time that Tyler Pennant has disappointed me. I've well, never good. been like... That's the goal. I I really want to stop getting different sorts of like memorabilia of that hot tub photo. So I just gotta keep disappointing you. No, because I'm gonna because I'll just be like, remember the calendar if you look at if you look at me looking at you in the eye at that point in our relationship, or I guess the other time that you disappointed me was when you didn't choose me over Charlotte. Um, But Uh. that I accepted a long time ago. But if you look at that picture of us like in my eyes are saying Tyler you can do no wrong and then you made me listen to this record and now I'm confused so today I was at Goodwill and I saw a book that I was just like fuck these guys disappointed me like there's something wrong like they've never both done it at the same time so I picked up a copy of L. Ron Hubbard's self-analysis. Uh, I think it determines like if your midichlorians are out of whack and how bad you need Scientology and how far away you are from going clear. Wait, did it come with one of the like reader the like? It the, did. Yeah, it has yeah. The little pinwheels in the back Perfect. when I make oh you God. take the quizzes. Nice. So oh uh, clearly something is out of line with you two to both disappoint me in one week. So I just wanted to run some questions to see if your tones are all aligned. Okay, so we're gonna determine like how out of whack you are. Um, question one. Can you recall a time when you moved an object? Yes or no? Let's do this quick. Yes. Okay. An yes. object moved you. Yes. yes. Oh, that's not good. 
you threw an organism up into the air. Yes. Yes. It's not good. You walked downstairs. Yes. yes. Fuck. You acquired something you wanted. Yes. Okay, yes. not bad. You created something good. Yes. Okay. That's kind of a subjective question. Grady, yes or no? Yes, I guess. Uh, okay, good. Uh, you felt big in a certain space. No. Uh, okay, yes, good. No, 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 yes, yes. No, shit. You were proud to move something heavy? Yes. yes. Okay. You handled energy well? Sure. Yes. Okay, good. You built a fire? Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. God yes. damn it, Tyler. You lost something you didn't want. Huh. What? I lost someone. I something. You I lost didn't something want. you didn't want. So let's say someone got you a shitty sweater and you lost it, and you were like, "Oh, that's okay. Uh, I didn't want that sweater." I'll say yes. Okay, that's yeah, not bad. Okay, yes we're getting too. back on track. You force something on somebody. Hmm. Ooh, I mean, yes, something. Yeah, not I guess. good. Not yeah. good. Be careful. You promoted survival. That's yes. You pleasantly yes. expended time. Yes, all my yes. life, my yeah. entire life. Okay, you closed in space. <laughs> I what? what? You closed in space. Like, you closed a space. I don't know, shutting oh, a closet door or yes. some shit. Yes. All right, that's not good. Uh, you were the master of your own time. Yes. Yes. You stopped a machine. Yes. You lowered yourself. Yes. Like, in an elevator? You handled fluid well? What? I'm getting about as bored as you were. You brought were when a you number of pleasant record. objects together. Yeah, yes. All right, well, apparently, according to this pinwheel, you guys are completely fucked. Well, uh, okay, so... you know, the point The point of these the questions for, like, the Scientology thing is just to asking, like... Oh, hold on, Grady's going to explain Scientology weird... to us. Well, you, the point is, like, they ask weirder and weirder questions, and then they, like, intersperse, like, very personal questions that, like, trigger you. And that, and it makes you like have this weird emotional response where it makes it feel like there's something wrong with you. Okay, so, so just give me, read me your social security number. Yeah, and then they ask for money. A okay, lot of money. so your midi chlorians are not good, and uh, we definitely need to dial this in uh, for next episode so that way we don't have this kind of slip up. I'm going to keep bringing the book. <laughs> And we're going to track your progress, because there's a quiz that you take it. If you bring that first... book next week, there will be no podcast. Well, I don't... Who said anything about next week? Anyway, next week... If you week, bring um... that book ever again, there will be no podcast. <laughs> Dude, I just carry it in my backpack next to my blood checker and my pens. It it's just it's part of my survival kit now. Um, 99 cents. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard's self-analysis. Anyway, so uh, themes for next week. Grady, you said okay. you had some ideas we were going to shoot down. Let's yes. hear them. These are my... Okay. These are my two themes. So... Okay. The first option is uh, an album that has more than one language on it. Okay. That's my first suggestion. My second suggestion is more of a generic one, and it's just um, since we haven't really done anything, like, super recent, I was thinking, like, your favorite record that's come out in the last month. Oh, in the last month? Yes. So, like, very recent. What if we all pick the same one? Pitchfork. (laughs) Pitchfork. Pitchfork problem. Um, okay. Pitchfork um, problem. I personally think that the one with more than one language is more of an interesting. Of course you would. You goddamn. I mean, well, I'm it's like to try that you one. It makes communist. you think more than just like, oh, what have I been listening to this last month? Yeah. But I. I what would about also just one down. song, like Oye Como Va? It only literally like one song can have another one language word. on it. One word, yeah. I mean, oh. maybe more than a word. Maybe like a sentence. No, one let's word. Say. No, one let's word. say it. I already got mine. I'm going to pick no. the U2 album where he goes, uno, dos, tres, catorce. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Okay, Tyler, did you have any ideas? Uh, I'm down to do the language, the different language pick. 
Oh, okay. Oh, you mean new ideas? Yeah. Did you have anything you wanted to, to float? Yeah. Um, I think maybe Charlotte came up with this one, but I thought it was good. We should pick a record from the year we were born. Hmm. So mine would be 91. Do you guys listen to 90s music? Yeah. Sure. Some of it. Okay. If anyone picks Nirvana, they have to sit outside. Oh my god! All right. Um, like okay, so spirit. okay, that's good. And I was going to, I was going to pick because it might be a stretch for you guys. No, I asked you guys this at dinner, so you'd be able to pick something. But it's definitely suited towards me to pick one thing that I want. But uh, favorite uh, concept album. Mm. Yeah, that could work. Um, which isn't to say that we can't use any of these in the future. But uh, for now. Um, you know what? I'll go. With, I'll 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 do the language one. Yeah, that's a second that. language on it. These are all good ideas. We can use them on different weeks. Okay. Yeah. But I'm I, I think the language one would be cool. Okay, so episode four, it's got to be an album that features more than one more than one language. Um, so I'm going to look for William Shatner's recorded in Klingon. Um, it's going to be sweet. <laughs> anyway, so thanks for listening, guys. I don't think. Do you think John Mayle is going to tweet at us like Awake but Still in Bed did about I us talking about so. this? That'd be fucking cool. Just uh, not him, but Eric Clapton will. For Clapton, sure, yeah. t- he's all over Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't. You know what? Twitter. He doesn't type very fast because he's a uh, he's got a slow hand. <laughs> that's getting edited out that's his nickname (laughs) slow hand anyway okay so thanks for listening follow us on soundcloud and mixcloud and twitter and we'll post it on facebook and the playlist for this week is available if you want to follow it and we'll make a playlist for the next one as soon as we get it done uh props to Kramen for providing the intro and the outro music yeah we haven't done a shout out yet for that that's uh that's honestly a huge part of this and having such good music at our disposal courtesy of mr james is uh is pretty rad so and you're about to hear some of it thank in you in just a few seconds thank you for that kramen we yes appreciate and it. thank you guys for picking uh grammatically correct albums i know it doesn't mean a lot to you but it means a lot to me and the life that i used to live uh so well, you hated them more than the incorrect ones. that so is I true <laughs> that, yeah fuck you're we right we either pick albums that are uh grammatically correct that you hate or gra- grammatically incorrect that you like well you gotta find some middle ground man because i'm not gonna last much longer this way all right next week we're finding the middle ground thanks for listening everybody Woo! Hit it!